Thanks to SPC and Coles, we've given away over 7,000 cans yeah. of Big John's famous tomato space spaghetti. Rocket man! I mean, since we sent that spaghetti 25 kilometres high, more than twice the height of a commercial aircraft, we saw the curvature of the earth and the world said, wow, look at that spaghetti. It's never been higher. This is amazing. Then you had to go into the bush to retrieve it, which was a bit embarrassing. It took a while. We found it. I got lost. It took three days. I mean, you're in the bush with some bloody uni students. Everyone was a bit worried there for a while that they'd gone missing, but you found it finally. It was a great adventure. Uh, What was terrific too was uh, Jack's class at school, they became interested in space because of Space Getty. And I was... I mean, you know I've had the title of Cool Dad because I turned up with Amy Shark and the Batmobile. Mm. And everybody went, oh, my God, because one of the other dads had a DeLorean. Yeah. And I, he, was like, he was like the cool dad. And I went, how do I up this? And I turned up in a Batmobile, like a life-size moving Batmobile. Amy Shark came into the school and performed for the kids. Bang, I win. Until Spaghetti stepped uh. up. And I thought, I could take this further. Couldn't believe it. Got an email from Jack's teacher saying, would you come into the school and talk about your exploration of space? Thank you. And I said, as an astronaut, it would be an absolute honour. What? You didn't go up? Unofficially, (laughs) I am an astronaut to the kids. (laughs) So yesterday, and you know, how's this? I was talking about it with a mate, and he then told me that he had bought an exact replica of the Apollo 13 space suit. He spent $3,000 buying a space suit. Wow. Yesterday I went along to Jack's school in my space suit. You should have seen me trying to drive in that thing. It's even got the oxygen pack on the back. I couldn't move. And now I know why they walk like that. It's got nothing to do with gravity. It's the awkward booties. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they're wearing R.M. Williams on the moon underneath their little booties, but I'll tell you what, it is hard to walk in a spaceman suit. Are you talking about their derriere or what? No, no, no. They're actual shoes. They're shoes. Anyway, what was good, we spoke about spaghetti and all this sort of gear and took a can in for the kids. And bloody hell, I had this moment where I was really successful as an astronaut. I thought like I'd conquered the world. I even took in a giant balloon to show what the weather balloon was like that took us up and then took the drone in as well, fly that around for the kids for a little bit. What, in the room? <laughs> Not in the room, outside. I said, Go, come outside, guys, follow oh. the spaceman, follow the astronaut. <laughs> then we got to any questions. And then I finally got to this kid. And he said, how does helium work? Come on, mate. I didn't pass school. Oh, this is Don't start me, buddy. I was 16.6, rounded up to 17 at the end of the year in year 12. Do not put me in on, on the spot. He was sitting next to Jack, too. And I felt like there was a drum roll waiting for my answer, and I should know the answer. My mind is panicking. And I said, I'm not sure. He then stood up and said, because helium's lighter than air. Oh, so not Trump. only, Trump. not only did this kid in prep yeah. ask me the question, he knew the answer. He knew the answer. Great, a little smart. Oh, what would, a clever seven-year-old. Little, what a little. T- is there any vision of this? Little, little, I mean, there's a couple of photos getting around. I hope that moment is not there. But there he was, lining me up, could see me, and went whack straight between the eyes. <laughs> Posed the question, knew the answer. I'm never doing an astronaut talk again. That is brilliant. That's it for me. So did you come down 
quicker yeah. than the Apollo 13. <laughs> Pretty heavy crash landing from me, Tommy. Yeah. All the other um, commercial inquiries I have had. Yeah, for the Michelin Man. No. Oh, no. Spaceman. No, Spaceman. Sorry. So the suit did look a bit heavy. Jeez, I was sweating, mate. Yeah. It would have been. Sweaty astronauts oh. in space. Fix that, NASA. Fitzy and Whipper. There are some so many amazing Prince stories from over the years. My wife and I were so lucky. A, a mate of mine worked in the music industry, and this was last minute. The only reason we got tickets to this because he said just two cancellations have popped up at the opera house. Do you want to go see Prince play mm. on the piano? It would have been one of his last shows. Mate, and this is the thing. You don't know. You didn't know what to expect. You didn't mm. know what the set list was. He came out. The way that he just commanded that whole room at the opera house, it was Brilliant. crazy, Sarah. Like he would look, he actually looked BJ in the eye once, and I was like, "Oh my god, no, there's, I, there's nothing I can do here, mm. Prince. She's all yours." <laughs> yeah, you know that's. The, I mean, that's the power that he had. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, there's this story that's going around at the moment. Carlos Boozer is his name. Now, Carlos is, uh, was an amazing basketballer, played for the Utah Jazz, made a lot of money back in the day. He's retired now, Sarah, but he was talking... Utah was... I think that's where Prince was from, wasn't he? Utah. He's from Utah. Yeah, right. Which is a predominantly a Mormon, Mormon state. state. Yeah, home of the honeybee. Yeah, it is. Um, mm. But um, that's where his purple house was. Anyway, Carlos Boozer, he bought a house in Bel Air, which is one of the richest in America. I think Bel Air is right up there. In with, LA, yeah. With Beverly Hills and Number stuff one. like that. So he bought a house in Bel Air, and that was like a holiday house. And he bought that just before he was about to go back to the Utah Jazz for a training camp, right? So he and his wife were very excited about it, and they were going to do a few things to it until his realtor rang him and said someone wants to rent out the house. You know what? I'm going to get Carlos Boozer to tell the story. I bought a house in Bel Air, like 18,000 square feet. I moved here to Utah, coming here for the season, and my realtor in L.A. kept hitting me up saying someone wants to rent your house. And I was like, no, I didn't even spend no time in my house. Well, he's willing to pay 95 grand a month. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I didn't know who it was until he got out the car. And I was Prince, right? And she was like, yeah. He rented the crib, so that was all good. I, like, tore my hamstring like four or five times. There's a really good physical therapist in L.A. named Judy Sito. So I went out to L.A. to see her. I kept calling Prince. I'm like, I'm going to stop by the house. But he wasn't returning my call. I pulled up to the house. I had these two golden lions on the gate. And it wasn't there. It was a symbol that I had never seen before. I'm like, whose house is this? And he literally had ripped out every single thing in my house. Everything was purple and black everywhere. And we turned the weight room into a nightclub with a disco ball, DJ booth. Had a massage parlor in one room. I finally get a hold of him. And he's in Asia doing doing a tour for his album. And he's like, booze, don't worry. I got you. He wired me 500 grand to ease my mind. And he was like, when I move out, it'll be like I was never there. Long story short, he rents my crib out for a year, redecorated the entire house, then wires me half a mil, and then when I got there at the end of his lease, it was like he was never there. It was, that's how much money Prince had. (laughs) That is amazing. What about how he wires him half a million dollars and said, look, don't worry about it, everything will be fine Mm -hmm. when you get back. So he rips everything out, turns the gym into a nightclub, turns it all purple, and then he takes it, he just completely renos it back to the original and I, gives him extra money. I lost my bond for scratching a TV cabinet once. <laughs> I mean, that is extraordinary. Imagine turning up and not recognising your own house. <laughs>
This was a great story. I love that this is flying around. There's a guy by the name of Richard Griffin, and he was uh, her security. And so he calls himself Dickie. They had a great relationship, and they're very close friends. Um, They were talking about when the the Queen would be was in Balmoral, which is kind of like the holiday house, and they quite often went for picnics. And on this occasion, they bumped into some other people while picnicking. Have a, have a listen to this story. One of the picnics I went out with her, we had a lovely picnic, but there was two hikers coming towards us, and it was two Americans on a walking holiday. And it was clear from the moment that we first stopped, they hadn't recognised the Queen. The American gentleman was telling the Queen where he came from, and sure enough, he said to Her Majesty, and where do you live? And she said, well, I live in London, but I've got a holiday home just the other side of the hills. <laughs> she said, I've been coming up here ever since I was a little girl, so over 80 years. And you could see the clogs thinking he said well if you've been coming up for 80 years you must have met the queen and as quick as a flash says well i haven't but dickie meets her regularly (laughs) so the guy said to me you've met the queen what's she like and because i was with her a long time and i knew i could pull a leg i said oh she can be very cantankerous at times but she's got a lovely sense of humor anyway the next thing i knew this guy comes around Put his arm around my shoulder, he gets his camera, gives it to the Queen, and says, Can you take a picture of the two of us? Anyway, we swapped places, and I took a picture of them with the Queen, and we never let on. And then Her Majesty said to me, I'd love to be a fly on the wall when he shows us photographs to the friends in America, <laughs> and hopefully someone tells him who I am. Isn't that Amazing. phenomenal? What a you g- must have met the Queen. Great what a great story. story. I love those moments when you had no idea that they were a celebrity. What was your mate from the Dead Kennedys? Was it, is that who? was and he and he was in the states he was talking to a matthew mcconaughey and he had no idea but he said to matthew mcconaughey what do you do matthew said i do a bit of um acting (laughs) and he said oh you know what acting tough game you got to start in the stage ross knight from the cosmic Cosmic psychos that's right he's good mates with eddie vetter and eddie vetter said come over i'm having a few people for a party and ross he's he's a farmer from country victoria So Ross goes to this party, sir, and it's Matthew McConaughey has no idea. No idea. No, it wasn't. It was Bradley Cooper. Oh, was it? It was Bradley Cooper. <laughs> I've nearly got the story right. Yeah, and then he starts going through his movies, and awesome. Ross is still going, nah, yeah, mate. sorry, mate, I haven't seen any of them. I've never heard of them. But you know what? It's a great skill. You should learn. And then I think it was his wife the next morning and said, do you have any idea who you were talking to? And then she went on Google Images, and Ross was like, ah, oh, damn, it, damn, damn it. it. Hopefully he starts on the stage. <laughs> Uh, I want to know if you didn't recognise the celebrity guys. Uh, that great story we just heard about the um, hikers, the American hikers that got a photo with the Queen, not knowing it was the Queen, and the penny would have dropped when they showed their friends and family the photos back home. Josh, who's part of the team here. Josh, you got a story when you didn't recognise the celebrity? Yeah, this was a pretty famous person. Mm-hmm. Um, so about 10 years ago, I'm living in Manchester, Yeah. and I'm living by one of the best hotels. Yeah. So when celebrities are in town, they will stay there. Uh. So one day I'm walking home and there's like a bit of a commotion outside. There's like limousines pulling up security. Mm-hmm. And I knew Russell Brand was in town that day doing like a talk at the arena. Got yeah, you. right. So I'm like, oh, it's Russell. So I kind of go over, push myself in, the door opens, <laughs> and then this old man gets out uh. and he's wearing like this orange robe and he's very happy and he shakes my hand and he's like, oh, nice to meet you and blesses me. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this guy's really weird. Like, I was expecting Russell Rand. Yep. So then I kind of step away and then someone's like, oh, it's the Dalai Lama. <laughs> oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dalai Lama. Yeah. You were blessed by the Dalai Lama. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Because he was in town doing the thing with Russell because yes. Russell just became like a 
um, a Buddha spiritual and of course yeah, yes yeah. how oh, funny is that yeah. then when did the penny drop did somebody say afterwards well I kind of just stepped back and I, then I said yeah. I think security is Russell coming and then everyone else was kind of <laughs> faffing about this old man you thought it was his security yeah, yeah. <laughs> really confused well done well done <laughs> thank well you done. sir how good is it having Kid Leroy back in Australia 18 years of age it is unbelievable running a mark the success that this kid has had how much fun catching up with mates from Waterloo the other day we got to sit down with Kid Leroy yesterday in the Sony offices and that song Thousand Miles that's what we kicked it off with yesterday this is our chat with Kid Leroy well, how good is this? We're in the Sony offices. He's back in Australia. Your single mate, Thousand Miles. It is doing very, very well at the moment. Welcome back to Australia, Kid, Kid Leroy. Leroy. Kid Leroy. Hi, hi, hi. Can you just give us a little bit of an insight of how this song, Thousand Miles, came about? Um, so, well, this song, uh, you know, th- this one was when I about when I first met my girlfriend, and like. Mm. I met her in like the peak of me, like, you know, going super hard and working and wanting to become, um, you know, like a a full-time artist and whatnot. So I just didn't, it was about like me kind of second guessing and not knowing if I was ready for the relationship, basically. That's kind of what it's all about. So um, yeah, it was good. But then obviously, as you see, uh, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, my perspective changed. <laughs> but I love that. And does that mean that you had to get approval uh, before you recorded the song? Did she need to sign off on this one? Abs- absolutely not. No. <laughs> I, I mean, no. you know, like, I, 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 I played it to her, and, you know, I mean, ultimately she was like... I mean, you know, but she she, she, she understands that, like, uh, you know, like, music is just my, like, expression of, uh, you know, I'm, I, and I'll obviously never, you know, I'd never go and say, no. like, anything, like, bad or, like, something, like, to really upset her. You know, you know, so, mm. but yeah, it's like just my form of uh, expression. You know, she she knows that, so she's cool about everything. Can I ask, when you do stuff like red carpets, does she just sort of give you the once over with your look? Because I have to say, I've done a little bit of stalking on her. She's gorgeous and glamorous. Does she sort of weigh in on what you're wearing and give you some tips? <laughs> uh, no, you know, I, I, you know, you know, I'm just very, I yes. just kind of wear, wear whatever the. F- want to wear honestly <laughs> but she's definitely she's definitely not afraid to check me if she thinks i'm wearing some whack shit. So, yeah. uh, that's right man i get told off all the time don't worry about it hey speaking of advice you got some solid financial advice from a little guy who's who's had a bit of success in his time elon musk the other day is that true you guys were talking well you know we were at this the snl after party and you know he's like actually like a really like just down to earth just he was just like hanging out you yeah. know just like really uh seemed like very down to earth or whatever so i like i felt like he was approachable you know like enough to ask him something like that so um i went up and i asked him and uh he basically yeah he told me to uh invest in something that i love yeah which i uh i thought i thought like was great advice you know obviously you like you expect someone to give you like an entire plan mm, yeah. all right this yeah. is what you do but then i i walked away realizing like damn that is probably the best financial advice you could give anyone because uh because yeah i mean if you don't believe in something then how is everybody else going to believe that's it, so, it. yeah what? like you can't just like yeah. you know he could tell me something to invest in or whatever but if i don't believe in it then why why would i do it you know well Leroy, you're 18 years old you're one of the biggest artists on the planet uh but i want to know who's the bigger kid out of you and fitzy have a look at this guy right here he Boy. is more childish than you without a doubt how? Look, well, look what he's wearing all right give me, it's a band t-shirt all right well how many band t-shirts do you own i own i own a few you know usually my my rule is uh that i don't 
that I don't uh, wear band t-shirts that I, that I don't listen to. Um, but the other day someone caught me lacking because I didn't know it was a band tee. Like it was like, it just looked, it was a cool design. I just found it in a vintage store and someone caught me lacking like, Oh, you like that band? And I was like, what are you talking about? What band? And then they were explained to me and I was like, instantly had to go listen. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Fitzy wins that one. He's got 400 band t-shirts. No, that's a lie. Ah, no, no, 400. 400. Yeah. All right, what about this one? How many pairs of sneakers have you got? Oh, uh, God. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I <laughs> Lots. Well, I only have about 30. You'd have to have way more than 30. Oh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, great. Okay. I think Cooked so. Him. Got him. I think I got All right, you've got him done there. What about this? How many times have you been to Coachella? Oh, come on, mate. None, actually. Wow. Well, he's about to play Coachella, I would say. Fitzy's been five times. Um, (sighs) But you're right. You'll be performing at Coachella. Fitz will definitely be there to see you. (laughs) But, mate, thank you so much for your time. We know how busy you are. We love your success. Good to see you, mate. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. The Fitzy and Whippers Show is a Nova podcast. For more great comedy shows like this, head to novapodcast.com.au.